welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. In today's episode, we're celebrating the moving of the clocks with a rather celestial theme. We're off to a prehistoric monument that's linked to the sun, and we're even making our own sundials at home. My name is Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. Today, we're off to a mysterious and magical place that has mystified people for millennia. I'm here today at Stonehenge, which is in Wiltshire. Uh, I've come on a lovely sunny morning to see the sunrise over the stones. Now, Stonehenge is a huge man-made circle of large stones. It was built by our ancestors 5,000 years ago, and it's one of the world's uh, most famous prehistoric monuments, and it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Stonehenge is also one of the world's biggest mysteries, and today we're going to find out why. Now around me are massive stones, they tower over my head, they are huge rectangles in shape. Archaeologists think that work started on Stonehenge around 5,000 years ago. We call that part of history the Late Neolithic Age. It then took over 1,000 years to build in four long stages. I'd have got bored in that time, to be honest. Now, if I was to count all the stones, it would take me a long time. It's still a little bit dark as I wait for the sun to rise, but I've been told there's 83 stones that you can see when you visit Stonehenge. When this was built by our ancestors, right, there were many more stones, including an outer circle of 30 standing ones called sarsens. Uh, They supported five huge stone arches in a horseshoe shape. But how did they get there? Well, that's a mystery that still hasn't been solved, really. People think they have the idea and then they kind of don't. How can people thousands of years ago have transported such huge stones? Imagine trying to move a stone 13 foot high. And on top of that, we know that some of the stones came from Wales. It's a long way to move stones that weigh more than four elephants each. They're heavier than cars and they didn't even have that technology that we have now. A legend from the 12th century claimed that giants placed Stonehenge on a mountain in Ireland before a wizard named Merlin... Merlin, heard of him? Yeah, apparently he magically moved the stone circle to England. If you had to guess, how do you think they moved the stones over 200 kilometres away from Wales. Some people think they could have dragged uh, the sledges onto a waterway and then floated them here on rafts. But even then, why bring something so far away rather than use stones just lying around nearby? New research shows that this stone circle may have been made and standing in Wales before being moved. Imagine how hard work that would have been. You've got it up in Wales, you've got to bring it down, then you've got to move it here. And it shows you how important these stones must be. One mystery that we might have solved is what the stones were used for. Scientists think that the stones were a way to tell the time of the year. Each year on the 21st of June, which is the longest day of the year, uh, the sun rises over the heel stone at Stonehenge, uh, and we call that day the summer solstice. The sun also sets over the heel stone on the shortest day of the year. It's kind of hard to imagine this was a coincidence that it happened on this very specific day every year. So maybe it's a form of calendar. Nowadays, each year, around 20,000 people gather at Stonehenge to celebrate the summer solstice and to be present at Stonehenge as the sun rises. I'm here to watch the sun rise today, even though it isn't the summer solstice just yet. That's later on. (laughs) 
have a listen. As we walk around the stones, however they got here, it's amazing to think that humans who didn't have computers, didn't have cars, or any of the tech that we do today, were able to create something which is still a mystery to us. Thousands of years later, they made something which has lasted 5,000 years, and which visitors like me, and maybe you, and people from all around the world come to see. The sun is just starting to rise over the top of the stones now. So take a deep breath in with me. And imagine you were here 5,000 years ago when this was being built. And then take a deep breath out. How do you think they built Stonehenge? And why do you think they made it? That's great. Thank you so much. Uh, We're going to find out what's happening across the UK right now, and then we'll chat even more about Stonehenge. Thanks, Bex. Who said that screen time always had to be antisocial? Experience immersive gaming with your mates at Electric Game Box in Southbank. You can embark on a sci-fi quest as you are graded by aliens, or be a hero and rescue the Queen's corgis from the clutches of doom. At Electric Game Box, you can escape to another world for 60 minutes. Each gameplay has projection mapping, touch screens, motion tracking, and surround sound, and they all combine together to craft a truly immersive experience electricgamebox.com is the place to find out more Head off to Silverstone Interactive Museum where you'll be fully immersed in the history and future of British motor racing. Explore over 60 hands-on exhibits and experience loads of fantastic activities including operating a wind tunnel, testing your skills and taking part in a pit stop. You can even climb into a replica Grand Prix car and see what it feels like to sit behind the wheel. Not only can you see some of the most iconic cars and bikes around but you can even get up close to Lewis Hamilton's Racewear. Head outside to the outdoor play area where you can even walk about on the historic circuit too. Just search Silverstone Interactive Museum. And Flamingo Land was made for Flamingo fans. It's in the name. But there's so much more to enjoy too, including over 129 species of animals in the park, including meerkats, baboons and penguins. You can learn loads about flamingo conservation, particularly in an area where these long-legged lovelies are under threat. Then there's roller coasters. Feel like you're flying on a hero or test your prehistoric limits on pterodactyl. And for visitors with nerves of seal, experience cliffhanger, a missile launch combined with the thrill of base jumping all in one spectacular ride. That's Flamingoland, flamingoland flamingoland.co.uk. And the latest issue of Mega Magazine is an awesome 3D special. It comes with Wicked Slime, a wrist shooter set, and 3D glasses to make reading Mega Magazine even more epic. Take on a Spider-Man quiz, complete some awesome Roblox challenges, plus five lucky winners will win tickets to the amazing Brick Festival and win three epic Lego sets. That's all in Mega Magazine, available now. (laughs) 
So it was really interesting to find out that Stonehenge was a calendar which they would read the position of the sun from, wasn't it? That was pretty cool. Uh, many civilizations have used the sun to mark time. Before we had clocks and watches, people used sundials. The earliest sundial is thought to have been made by ancient Egyptians around 1500 BC. And many ancient cultures, including the Egyptians, the Greeks and the Romans, used sundials to tell the time. Today, Meg's showing us how we can make our very own sundials at home. Thanks, Bex. Before I start, let me explain how a sundial works. A sundial measures the time of day just like a normal clock would. However, rather than ticking along powered by a battery, a sundial judges the time using the position of the sun. We know that the sun moves along as the day. You can see that it'll be higher in the sky at midday and then lower in the sky as the sun sets. So we can use the sun to start to think about what time of day it is. Now, as the sun moves across the sky, it creates a shadow on the sundial, which looks like the hour hand of a clock. So in a way, a sundial looks very much like a clock, but instead of having an hour hand, it has a shadow. To create this shadow, sundials have a stick at the center, which casts a shadow over a marking showing what time it is. On a real sundial, the central stick part is called a gnomon, and it usually sticks up at an angle from the dial plate, which is the base of the sundial. The shadow of the gnomon moves as the sun in the sky moves, and it lets us know the time. We're going to make our own sundial today. I found a sunny spot in my yard and because we're using the sun, it's really important that whatever you do, you make sure you are in a sunny spot that won't be covered by shade because if there's any shade, we're not going to be able to tell the time. You're also going to need a paper plate or a paper cut into a circle, a pen, a straw or a stick and a piece of blue tack or plasticine. I'm placing my blue tack at the centre of the paper plate and I'm sticking the straw upwards from the blue tack. And when you place this model you've made on the floor, a shadow should cast a line onto the paper plate. So when it hits a set hour, for example, for me, I got up really early to do this because I want a full day of trying the sundial. So it's 8am and I'm securing my paper plate model to a paving stone in my yard um, with some more blue tack and I'm making a little mark on the paper plate where the shadow has cast for 8am. Now, you've got to be patient for this. I'm going to have to wait another hour to see where the shadow is going to be at 9am. So let's fast forward a little bit. Okay, it's nine o'clock and the sun has moved so the straw is casting a shadow in a different place. And I'm going to mark this place on the edge of my plate and write a little number nine. Now, every hour I'm going to mark where the shadow is. So at 10 o'clock... It's going to have moved and I'm going to mark a little 10. I'm going to do the same at 11 and 12 and 1 and so forth. So I'm starting to go around my paper plate and it's starting to look like a normal clock with all the numbers on it. So let's fast forward again. I've watched as a shadow on the straw changed over the day, marking every hour and it looks so much like a clock. I am missing 7am, so maybe I'll get that tomorrow. I'm going to have to wake up in time because I've basically got all the numbers from 8am 
all the way through to six um and then the sun started to go down so as long as it's sunny i don't need a watch i can use my sundial i'll just look at the markings tomorrow and i can work it out making a sundial is so fun you can do this in your garden you can do it at the beach with a stick in the sand and some little rocks it's a game i love to play on holiday making my own sundial and if you ever get deserted on a desert island you will have this skill and you'll be able to tell the time if your watch battery runs out let's hope that doesn't happen but it's always good to have these little survival tricks isn't it what do you reckon bex would you use the sundial to tell the time Well, that would mean I'd only be on time for my radio show when it was sunny, so it might be better to keep my watch as well, just in case. Hey, you know what? We changed the clocks a few weeks ago. Hopefully it didn't mess you up too much. Uh, Does a sundial need to be adjusted all through the year? Well, I don't think this paper one is going to survive the rain. Um, I live in Manchester and it rains a lot. And I've been very lucky that it's been sunny today, but I think it's probably going to be rainy tomorrow. And maybe I need to bring my sundial indoors. But you can make one out of a more weather withstanding material. um, And then make sure it tells the time accurately. You're going to need to check the sundial times throughout the year, probably about four times year people recommend that you check it on april 15th um 15th of june the 1st of september and the 24th of december just to make sure that it's right throughout the year and remember when the clocks go forward or backwards like they did last week you'll need to change it then as well so it's not quite as perfect as maybe using your watch but it is a really cool way to tell the time and it's a way that they would have used thousands of years ago and our ancestors used to tell the time Oh, Christmas Eve. Well, I never. Well, and just like that, it's the end of the episode. Remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to any time. If you're after some more suggestions of stuff to do, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. Whatever you do and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See ya!